welcome to the Tupi Quarter. This is a series of podcasts designed to bring you right up to date with Tupi, from updates on the latest developments in case law to discussions on common issues and myths that surround the area. My name is Louise Keenan and I'm an associate in the employment team at Clark's Legal. In this podcast, we're going to focus on the recent Belgian case of ISS Facility Services, which looked at what happens when a contract is subsequently split between multiple providers. So first, let's talk about the position under UK law. It's important to remember that there are two types of relevant transfer under TUPI, a business transfer and a service provision change. A business transfer involves the transfer of an undertaking where there's a transfer of an economic entity that retains its identity. The most obvious example of this is when a business is transferred to another company which plans to continue to run it separately to its own business. It's clear from UK case law that TUPI can apply to a business transfer where only part of the undertaking is being transferred and therefore transfers to multiple transferees can still attract TUPI. But this is all provided that the part of the undertaking being transferred does not lose its identity. An example can be found in the case of Fairhurst Ward Abbotts Limited and Boats Building Limited. In this case, Boats Building maintained empty properties for the council. The council decided to split its operations into two areas and Fairhurst successfully tendered for one of these areas. Fairhurst undertook the same activities as Boats Building had previously, but refused to take on its employees on the basis that part of an undertaking could not be transferred. The case made it all the way to the Court of Appeal, but Fairhurst's arguments were not accepted, and it was ultimately held that Tupi was capable of applying to just part of an undertaking. The Court of Appeal said that it wasn't necessary for the part of the business which was being transferred to have existed as a discrete and identifiable entity before the date of the transfer. And so it didn't matter that the contract had been split into two parts, whereas previously it had covered one entire area. However, the Court of Appeal did say that two people not always apply in such situations and cases have to be judged on their facts. It said that the degree of fragmentation might be such that what emerged was not recognisably the same entity or part of the same entity when viewed as a whole and or circumstances in which an individual separated part or even all the separated parts were not of themselves stable entities. Therefore, in each case, you need to apply the facts to see if the usual TUPI tests are made out. But... The ultimate principle here is that TUPI can apply where the transfer is done in parts to a number of transferees. The second type of TUPI transfer is a service provision change. Essentially, this involves situations where a client engages a contractor to do work on its behalf, reassigns that contract or brings it back in-house. Again, UK case law has made clear that TUPI can apply to a service provision change if the service is transferred from one provider to a number of providers. 
but in this case it has to be possible to identify to which contractor the individuals have transferred. In the case of Kimberley Group Housing Limited and Hamley, the EAT, which is the Employment Appeal Tribunal, held that if the services become too fragmented, a service provision change may not take place. For example, if the activities are randomly distributed among the new contractors and it's not possible to identify which activities have gone where, TUPI is unlikely to apply. And this is what happened in the case of Thomas, James and others and Cornwall County Council. Here, 17 contractors provided similar services to one client. The client subsequently retendered for the contracts and decided to assign the services to only nine contractors. Cornwall County Council lost its contract as a result, but it wasn't possible to work out to which new contractor the work previously carried out by Cornwall County Council staff had been transferred. The Employment Tribunal held that there was no TUPI here as it wasn't possible to identify the destination of the activities. So again, the cases show that TUPI can apply where services are split between multiple contractors. But in the case of service provision changes, this will only be so if you can clearly identify to which contractor the individuals have transferred. So now let's look at the recent Belgian case of ISS facility services. The European Court of Justice in this case had to consider whether there was a TUPI transfer in the context of a business transfer situation. ISS had a cleaning contract with a client, which was divided into three separate lots. The contract was put out for retender and the services were awarded to two new contractors. One of these contractors took two of the lots and the other contractor took just one of the lots. The claimant was a project manager. She was found to be 85% assigned to the two lots being transferred to the one provider and 15% assigned to the third lot. The Belgian courts asked the European Court of Justice to rule on whether the claimant's employment could be split between the two new contractors or whether it should just transfer to the one to which she was primarily assigned, i.e. the 85%. The European Court of Justice held that the Acquired Rights Directive, on which TUPI is based, doesn't deal with multiple transferees but that the ultimate objective of the directive is to safeguard employees' rights and allow their contracts to continue unchanged to avoid individuals being in a less favourable position. On this basis, it determined that in such cases, it was possible for the contract to be transferred to all of the transferees in proportion to the tasks per performed by the individual provided the individual's rights and working conditions were not adversely affected, and that this could possibly result in a full-time contract being converted to a number of part-time contracts. It said that it would be up to the national courts and tribunals to consider the practical implications of this. It further held that if this division presented a problem or it wasn't possible, and the employee is dismissed or resigns as a result, liability will fall to the transferees. 
Whilst ultimately and essentially this reaffirms the existing UK position that there can be a transfer where the undertaking is transferred to multiple transferees, the approach taken by the European Court of Justice is really surprising and marks a significant departure from the current UK case law. The splitting of contracts will raise a number of practical issues and it's really hard to see how that approach won't be detrimental to the employees. With the UK in the process of leaving the EU, it's unclear the extent to which this judgment will be followed by the UK. Further, the judgment only applies to business transfers and not service provision changes because service provision changes are not caught by the Acquired Rights Directive, which is what the European Court of Justice was applying in this case. Often parties can try to deal with potential liability and risk through their commercial agreements. And so, in light of this case, it may be wise for parties to try and factor this situation into their commercial indemnities where possible. As always, our solicitors are on hand to help you with any of these matters, so please do get in touch today. And this brings us to the end of our podcast, which I hope you found useful. And please make sure you tune into our future podcasts, the next one being next quarter. Thank you.